0: Welcome to All Things Yoga. I'm Hillary Lockwood. I am joined today by an extraordinary group of people, and I I feel every time we do a trauma episode, I'm just blown away by the courage of everyone who comes on and is willing to share and speak out loud about what they have been through. Please note that this episode does contain sensitive subject matter, so listen mindfully. Today is about courage and that strength and bravery that we gain from the traumas that we face in our lives. So we're gonna jump right in here. Uh, You guys, what have you recognized from your traumas as far as the strength that you've gotten or the courage that you feel you've gained because because of them?
1: So I'll actually I'll share because it's like I cannot believe it um during my training I kind of was able to through meditation go back and see why I was so afraid of water um and I really believe that in my past life I committed suicide um through through drowning myself and I have taken swim classes like like five times throughout my life and never been able to swim on my own. And this summer, I was like, "Can we cuss on here?" No. This yes. Is like, this is yoga. <laughs> yes. This summer, I was like, "Fuck that! I'm gonna be able to swim!" <laughs> like, I'm getting over this. And I learned how to swim literally the same day. Like, I've been through the trainings. I know mm-hmm. the techniques. I just had to trust myself. So yeah, gave me the courage to learn how to swim. I think that's amazing. Well, and there's so much.
0: There's so much in that too, because of chakra two, and because of that level of healing. I mean, it's always really interesting when it's water, right? Or when it's fire, or when it's something really specific.
2: I feel well, like much. Um, oh. the add off of that was, um, hello, my name is Joshua. I he him pronouns pleasure to be here tonight. And um, the that made me think of the one thing that I wanted to say it was like, it's like, is that even something? Like, I don't even know if that's something, but it was like, I think I, through trauma, I've learned to trust myself. And so like, even if like, what I think or what I feel is, you know, in a perspective, that's incorrect, or maybe I do have some false identification, I still have the courage to trust that what I'm feeling you know, I, I can voice it. And so by being able to just voice what this is, like what, what it might even be causing me trauma, I can then begin to peel back some of those things that are the illusion, you know, some of the things that are the misidentification. So the, in community, even, because like often the people who I have to, it's like a, a piece of that trust means that I'm talking to the people who may have harmed me. And right. uh, and so there's even this not only trusting of myself that I can actually put a name to this experience and what I'm trying to go through, but then also like a coming together with somebody or with some part of myself that I've kind of been compartmentalizing, you know. And I was kind of talking about this earlier, like when it comes to compa, I think compartmentalizing has this negative connotation because to compartmentalize um, means that that part of myself that. I normally need to use to like navigate my life I also have to seal that out of my life along with whatever is distracting me what along with whatever it is that I I can't quite confront which means that I go through the rest of my life maybe if that's 30% of my attention like I'm trying to do things that normally take 100% of my attention with only the capacity of 70% and as I analyze more parts of myself that can dwindle further and so like to be able to show up as a full human in every space means that I have to kind of move through these things. Um, And and that is sometimes just even putting a name and and voicing it can be enough to at least be able to say, I am feeling this and I am going to focus my direction towards something else without saying like, and I can't deal with it right now. And I'm going to shove this into some corner. And now I'm going to try to do something else, you know, which is just not often conducive.
0: Right, right. You brought up uh, wrong identification. And I think that's really interesting because we attach to these ideas of who we are supposed to be or who we feel we need to, especially when there's trauma in there, because that's one of the defenses, right? Is we say, okay, well, if I can push harder, faster, stronger in this one particular area, if I'm great at my job and I excel, then it's gonna fill up all the space in this hole that's been left. And I think we do that a lot. I think that's a really easy thing to do. Even when you're aware of your work, I think that's an easy thing to do, to fall into the busy, to fall into the push harder, faster, or I can do better at this, or I'm going to do better at this, or just adding too much to the pile right? If I add 500 things to the pile, I don't have to look at what's at the bottom of the pile, which is literally in my guts, right? And so we attach and we decide, well, this is who I am, and this is who I am, and this is who I am, missing one of those crucial pieces that actually brought us to who we are. I say this every time, but the the horrible shit that we go through is why we're able to be the people that we are. And sometimes that's really difficult to flip it and say, how can I be grateful for this? How can I feel gratitude for this incredible story, this incredible path that I've traveled? When when I truly dig in and I think about it, what it brings up is anger and sadness and fear and all the stuff, right? But in the process of all of that, it's not the same starting point. If you're in your work, as you process that sadness, as you process that loss, as you process that sexual trauma, whatever it is, you're in a different place than when you first processed it. Because you're a different person, you're a stronger person, because you're doing your work. I mean, especially in training, I think one of the most important things is to allow space for everybody to really dig into that work. And you guys know this, some don't survive my training because of that. Most people don't wanna do that. But if you even look at, like f- for me, the, the decades of my practice, man, you guys, I don't even know if I was still alive without yoga at this point, I don't know what I would be doing. I'd probably be a drunk, very likely. Do you, are we all allowing those moments of process? In the midst of your day, in the midst of your busy, in the new job and the excelling as a human being and are, are we still processing? I. For
3: me, I, Um, the thing that I run into when I'm trying to process things is the rumination and allowing things to just kind of play over and over in my head. And when I slow down and connect with my body and get on my mat, I am able to process them. And sometimes it is overwhelming. And sometimes I, it's almost like it, it just wants to shoot back up into my head and You know the to follow up on a couple of different things that have been brought up um this thing about compartmentalization and these moments when you have experiences for me that feel like they're integrated i had part of what i went through recently um i've had a a series of traumas in my life that were all kind of of a similar similar nature and most recently what I went through involved uh, a criminal process um, and so forth and I where I was able to actually give a victim impact statement and that that experience to me was the most integrated I've ever felt in my whole life and it almost on one hand it was like I didn't even really know who was talking. I almost felt like I was channeling, but on the other hand, it was, I felt more embodied than I ever have in my whole life. And it's just that being able to speak truthfully and directly like that and getting that out of my head and down into my, you know, out of my lips and actually speaking it was just, um, I don't know. It, it was definitely life-changing for me. And I know that that's part of my work is continuing to somehow give a voice to the trauma that I've been through. And I don't know exactly yeah. what that looks like in the future, but I, I know that that's part of what my journey is. Um, and, and about courage, just that process of, of going through, um, The criminal process and, and I was, you know, able to come forward and voice what happened and go through that whole process. And, you know, that showed me that I have a kind of courage that I definitely didn't know that I had before that. Interestingly, I, um, I was never, I had never practiced at Hilltop before. I didn't know about the Hilltop studio and (laughs) I had just, it was, um, I was not I had just got done working so I had a break from work and I really wanted to um, do a teacher training program and I found Hillary's program and just the timing of it and going through that process I really feel like that was like getting me prepared for what was ahead of me because the timing of it worked out where right after I got done with the teacher training everything started and I it was almost like that whole process just prepared me for the strength that I needed sorry about the weird lighting I'm in my vehicle so
0: no that's fine um yeah I mean your story your story there's so much courage and I it's really interesting because with most of you I meet you sort of in the beginning of your stories and and as things begin to unfold I learn more and more as you also learn more and more. So yeah, that timing was crazy. I mean, you, I think you came to the studio because you read my bio or something. I think that's the only reason you came to class.
1: That's correct. Um, I,
0: I, yeah, there's so much loss and fear. And I think what keeps us from speaking out, and I, I talked about this in the last episode, what keeps us from speaking out is that fear that if I talk, what if I'm going to make it worse? If I say it out loud, one, it makes it real.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But what if I make it worse? What if it makes a bigger mess than there already is? It's so There's so much in all trauma, blame, and shame and guilt, it's, I don't know why we want to flip it and want to decide at some point that this is our fault and that we must have done something and that, or even to say, you know, in a yogic space, it must have been something I did in a past life. I must have fucked up really good, (laughs) right. But that's not the truth. The strongest souls are given the most to handle. And I think when we, learn to speak out when we learn to have that courage to feel how strong we are we set an example for other people I mean we allow a pathway for people to feel brave enough to say okay yeah this happened to me too and maybe I'm going to be able to figure out how to process this on my mat or maybe in meditation or maybe just by sitting with people and chatting it out
2: Something that's coming up for me right now that I think is a little interesting is that, um, you know, when I think of trauma, I actually associate it with like aversion. And when I ha- when, we are, when we have an aversion to something, we wanna avoid it. And which is actually very counterproductive for the integration process, right? And then like when we have this aversion to things, we also then blame ourselves. Cause like it's when we have trauma, one of the false perceptions is that we blame ourselves for having maybe put ourselves in that position or whatever. Have you, you know, like we, we, there's this internalizing and like shaming of ourselves. And so then when we have this aversion, it's to protect us from having to have to shame ourselves again, which then means that like whenever we are in that position, you know, we're like, Oh, here I am putting myself in that position again, instead of like, honoring maybe that there's there's reason for you to be here um and that that's part of your work that's the courage of being here to like go back to sometimes into those spaces and say like i recently just broke my finger closing a window the, the silliest thing right and so i literally had this physical trauma to my body and um when i went back into that yoga studio and i was looking at the windows i was like i was like oh goodness like i was nervous <laughs> i was sweating just to walk by the windows and i was like how am i going to how am I gonna do my job, you know? Um, and so I had to like, with even with the cast still on, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna close this window one time, and that was enough, you know. That was the courageous moment for me to just face what it is I was trying to avoid, and by doing so, you know, I'm able to integrate it into my life. Um, it's, but like, there's harder things than a broken finger that people experience, and I don't mean to say this story to like brush over anything so like and and sometimes those experiences are even harder for us to explore you know because of how damaging they are and so like having meditation practice having close family having um you know confidants that we can trust in if even when we can't trust ourselves can be very helpful in that space yeah of not avoiding sure. version yeah
5: I I really can, um, um, sort of connect to what you're talking about, Hillary, well, Hillary and other folks about, um, the guilt and the shame that accompanies trauma. Um, I think that, um, my dad was, um, very psychologically abusive and and physically abusive as well to me and my sibs and growing up in my household felt like hell, (laughs) but, um, you know, I, it, it was not until I was in therapy um, at some point in my uh, adult years and my therapist said to me, well, who was the adult, right? Who was the adult in those interactions? Was it you or was it your father? And it was like a light bulb went off. It's like, I, I do not have to feel guilty or shameful. Um, this this man, my father was the adult, right? And I was the child. Um and I wasn't, you know, I'm not to blame. <laughs> it wasn't what I did, right? I mean, right. of course, to some extent it probably is. But, um, And, you know, as a result of kind of my experience growing up and the fact that we had five kids living in this house up with this abusive person who was abusive to my mother as well and to us, you know, we always like, it was like we always fought as siblings for scarce resources, which was a tiny little bit of approval or love. From my father and we treated each other in pretty bad ways right because we're in competition with one another so part of you know dealing with my trauma for me as well was sitting a lot of time sitting and forgiving myself for those behaviors for the way that I treated others Um, I'm not excusing them but boy I just had to sit there with those behaviors I had to face them um, and say it's okay you know I'm they happened, things happened, you did things that you don't feel good about, but I'm going to forgive myself for those things. So um, it's it's such a process, but yoga, my God, Hillary. (laughs) I mean, you pushed me, you know, you pushed me (laughs) in ways that gave me courage, right? I mean, you know, I I wasn't really, I had no idea (laughs) how rigorous and challenging and, you know, in depth, Teacher training would be, and I wanted to quit halfway into it, um, but um, into two hundred. But um,
0: you pushed me. Your who else wanted? Who else wanted to quit halfway through? <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone, their there.
5: But uh, you pushed me, and I get You know, I learned some. I learned so much about myself, and that there was a reservoir of courage hiding in there. And I have to say that when I teach, I have no fear. I love teaching and I'm never afraid when I teach. I just, I don't worry about it. I know it's going to be fine. Whatever it is, I'm going to give, I'm going to love. And it is the most wonderful experience. So um, anyway.
0: It's so beautiful because you, I mean, there are a few of you on here who are like, I'm never teaching. I'm never doing that. Um, And you become... The, the most beautiful teachers because of that reason. But I think that's why too, because I know for me, and you got, you said, you know, I pushed you into a space of courage. You guys are also my courage. I mean, teaching is safe because I know that it's a room where there is love and there is care. And I mean, I, yeah, I, I and The few of you that, that did say, I never want to teach. I never want to do that. that now are teaching all the time. You will say over and over, it's the one place where I do feel calm and where the chaos stops. And I, I don't know if that's because of the beautiful responsibility that we feel in the honesty of that room. But it's, I mean, you know this as teachers, there's so much give and take. As teachers, we get as much as we give. I don't think I would be here my God, Cindy, you were there. I showed up like stapled and super glued. I don't know how you guys, but I did that for me as well. You know what I mean? I knew that I was going to heal faster with my people in that room, that I was going to heal faster in a room where I felt safe, where I felt loved and cared for. That's as teachers, as human beings, that's our job. But that's very hard to do, especially outside of the walls of the studio. I mean, man, those of you that know me well, you know, I don't love being in the world. I don't love dealing with regular people. <laughs> it's hard. The world is a hard place to be. And I have to constantly step back and breathe and just honor that if i can have compassion for myself and for those that are in the studio i need to be able to have compassion for everybody else in the world that doesn't understand that doesn't know what i've been through which you know some days that's hard to do
2: in those moments of um Of hard to do like like at the end for I know it's maybe not trauma but like I was teaching a yoga class today and got all fuddled and was like left right don't know where don't know where I was in the flow and like just had to like move past it right and at the end of the class after moving past it you know I thought everything went well but here I, I hear I hear myself at the end of the class saying and next week will be better because I was messing up and I'm like oh shaming myself you know judging myself um instead of just and the irony is though like by us being in this space of this yoga space we're 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 teaching ourselves to be very critically analytical with and the hard part is to not be also on top of that critical analyticalness critical of ourselves you know and so when i think of like what this all is it's like this whole self-parenting piece you know and so not to judge yourself, but to be coming at it from a compassionate space. Um, It's okay. You don't even necessarily have to admit guilt because that's coming from a place of perfectionism. uh, And that's like a shame oriented space already. It's going to lead into a a shame feedback, you know, so like a shame feedback cycle. So knowing that like, yeah, knowing that we're going to miss the mark and fall short and not be perfect is like such a, a the like the very starting point. I think of like even how to find the courage, right? Um, such a beautiful thing. to fail.
0: Yeah. Yes. Because we're not perfect. That's there. There can't ever be such a thing. It's always practice. The courage to be who we actually are through the face of what we face, Right. So between like great loss and abuses and how, how do we, you know, the, the hope is that we not only find that courage, but then we go on to be the example. And you were, one of you was talking about this already. You know, I was able to put a voice to it. I was able to confront, uh, the human being confront the the situation. How do we take that strength? And then let's say in the studio, sure, but also in the world, how do we take that strength and turn it into something that can be helpful to someone else? Something that can feel inspiring for someone else. Talk about it, which is what we're doing. I mean, I feel like that's the first I feel like that's the first, most important piece is to just talk out loud about it, about our losses, about our sadness. I'm, I, don't, I don't know, as soon as my story got wild, I just decided I was gonna put it all on paper and put it in my bio because the truth is like, I didn't know what else to do with it. I didn't know where else to put it and it helped. And then you walk into a space where it's out there and I call it the face, which I think anyone, probably all of us who have lost someone or suffered something, some great trauma that others know about, you walk into a room and they give you the face. Um, I got so sick of the face that it felt easier to just push it out into the open in such a big way that it just became common knowledge. You know what I mean? That there were no secrets behind it. I, I've I've never been one for secrets anyways, but I felt like this made my process so much easier, just throwing it out into the world and saying, this is my ugliest of the ugly. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> right? I just knocked on wood. <laughs> But this is my ugliest of the ugly. So you take it or you leave it. You want to chat with me about it, I'll chat about it. You want to come to the studio because of it, that's amazing. You want to avoid the studio because of it, that's okay too. You know, I'm, it's, I, I feel we live in a space of inspiration if we allow ourselves to be courageous about what we've been through. Doesn't make it prettier.
3: Yeah, I, I, to follow up on that, I think that to answer that question, what we do with it, I, I think is what you have just described. And that is when we speak our truth, we give other people permission and to do the same that anyone needs our permission, but that kind of um, space that we create for other people to feel comfortable in speaking their truth too. I mean, obviously I wouldn't feel comfortable and probably neither would anyone else that's on this forum tonight feel comfortable in a situation where people were not speaking truthfully like who would want to share vulnerably in a situation like that so I think that speaking truthfully is like you said the first step and a really important one and having a space to do that in so I appreciate being invited into this space to do that
0: I think too is we can't care about how others are going to react to our story there's so much of that you know abuse in the past and you there's this sense of you know even with my brother like this sense of oh shit what are people going to think of my family what are people going to think of you can't we can't worry about that you share your story and those people that hear you and that Feel the truth in it, those are the people that gravitate to you and will always. And they're way better people than the ones that will walk away from you because you have a story, which gets really interesting when it's family. I mean, it just, it does. It's probably all of you know this, but loss, grief is so damaging to a family. And even when there's trauma and you try to tell siblings and there's disbelief or there's denial or there's now an aversion to you because they don't wanna be attached to that particular story. This is really difficult because you you as someone who suffered trauma can risk losing your family, family members because you've spoken out and told the truth. This is hard, but it's okay because family, there's still people And they don't have to be forever. And I think that the people that love you for you, they're going to love you always. And there are not going to be conditions on it. And especially if those conditions are, oh, well, if this happened to you, you know, I can't, I can't have anything to do with this. It's going to hurt my business or it's going to, I can't, I can't be associated with this. They don't belong in your energy anyways. There's no room for them in the, in your energy. It's Maya, it's illusion. They live in a space where shit doesn't happen. And that's not truthful. I don't know anyone who doesn't have a story. And the scariest thing to me is someone who comes into a room and says, no, no, I don't have, I don't have anything. I'm like, ah, just wait for the shoe to drop <laughs> because it's usually the biggest story out there. I, I, it's so hard to be okay with letting people go. If they don't believe you, or if they don't wanna be associated with your story, it's okay to let them go. And for all those people that you have to let go of, they'll be replaced by incredible people who hear you and see you. and wanna support you and love you for real. Not the idea of you before they knew that you were damaged. We're all damaged, we're all broken. (laughs)
2: in the most beautiful ways. Yeah, I, um, I've i been reading a lot of mutual aid texts. And one of the things that they talk about in mutual aid is that um, to try to talk about your experience without having somebody recognize like the systems that are actually causing that experience to that are creating that, you know, is like that it leads to them, uh, you know, trying to, say you're not this, or you're not doing this enough. And it's, it's often that that we're already saying that stuff to ourselves already. So this, so it gets right. reinforced by what these other people are saying. And so that literally leads to this schism space. So that we're, and so we continue to quiet up. We continue to hide our truths. We continue to try to keep it squirreled away, thinking that nobody can actually see that we're suffering. But they do, you know, like even as you have your mask of stoicism, a happy person is jubilant for, and it, and it radiates you know so like sure. if you're stoic all the time it's like kind of evident that there's some kind of sorrow there's some kind of struggle some kind of strife and and so like you don't and, but and, and that suffering and silence is le- cuz of again this whole system right and so in mutual aid they talk about how um the when they people come to them for support they're like hey remember that the reason why you were maybe struggling with homelessness isn't because you're a bad person, but because, like, you're literally battling against this a form of oppression, this form of oppression. With our family, we have to also say that, or it was already mentioned earlier this evening that, like, they had to frame it in of the sense of, like, my parent wasn't actually doing the parents' responsibilities. You know, they weren't right. parenting. Me. And so, and then yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't equipped enough to parent myself. That's a whole system that we have to recognize so then we can not only forgive ourselves, but then begin the process of forgiving the person who harmed us as we then walk into our power and our agency of honoring ourselves and holding those boundaries for other relations. Cause that's now the container, you know, like this, these these truths become the container for every new relationship that we have moving forward. And so like uh, by having these spaces by being able to come together and honor the fact that we are mutually um, coming against whatever block, you know, me just saying whatever my hardships are, you can maybe have a better perspective than what I have because I have all this. mind. I've been hearing somebody tell me all this time that it's my fault, and I've been believing them. Right, right, right.
0: <laughs> it's it's hard, especially when if you're a kid, when you're a kid, you know, parents. They're supposed to be the ones that are in charge. They're supposed to be the ones that know best. They're supposed to be the ones that take care of you. And that's incredibly difficult when the person or people that are supposed to be showing the example can't do so. That's that's hard. Even as a grown person, to have an inadequate parent is incredibly difficult. And there's something in us that still wants that love and approval even though we push them aside and we've said, you know, I see who you are. I'll be the grown up, you be the child. I'm not going to try to change you or fix you. I'm going to accept you as you are. There's still this piece of us because of this biological connection that we have. There's still this piece of us that wants that little bit of, you know, maybe maybe if I'm extra nice today, he'll be nice or she'll be nice. It's it's really interesting. It's such a it, family is so tricky because that bloodline, that connection is so much deeper. It, it's energetically deeper than someone that we choose, and they're harder connections to break because of that reason. It doesn't mean they can't be broken. It just means they're harder. They're harder to break or change. I mean, there is a way to maybe forgive and reset that relationship in a space of brand new and reclaim it as something different and start fresh possibly, right? I just don't know. Can we start a new relationship with a lot of trauma in the mix and never bring past into it? Is that possible? Can we heal our families from loss or trauma by starting fresh, but then never revisiting, never revisiting that past, not bringing it up. Nobody gets to be mad at anybody ever again. Nobody gets to get drunk and be like, I remember what? I mean, this is really hard. Is it possible? Do you guys think it's possible? No. <laughs> <laughs> um,
5: I'm learning so much about trauma by having a six year old in my life who has experienced trauma. And it's amazing, you know, just this weekend, her mom told me something that I just blew. I mean, you know, dribs and drabs of her trauma come out. And then, you know, years later I hear this story, which is horrible, (laughs) you know, had a horrible, had to have a horrible impact on this child. And that's one point is that we the depth of trauma, sometimes it's layers and layers of experience, yeah. even for a little kid. But um you know some of the things that it, it, her therapeutic team helps us to, you know, talks a lot about how the that biological ties, those that tie is so strong. And it's never going to be the case that for this little kid, anyone's going to replace her mother, right? There's no right. replacing her mother and, um, right. you know, there's just no way to get around that tie and what that's gonna mean in her life and how that's gonna impact her. But there are ways to reframe things, right? Sure. So there are yes. ways to think about what a family is. There are ways to think about the behavior of an abusive person, right? To look at it in a different light. And, and one of you was talking about that just a moment ago, this more systemic view, right, of abuse. Yeah. Um, there are different ways to frame things that really perhaps help us deal with trauma. Um, I don't know. I'm, I feel like this is I'm at such a loss to watch the impact of trauma on a little kid and to think about how do you intervene now to help this kid you know not suffer the penalties of these early experiences um, throughout their whole life. but we do do yoga. <laughs>
0: We do. We do. I know she does. I mean, it's
5: so she sweet. Does. She does. And she loves to chant. But it is, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just kind of rambling here. But um, I don't think we ever can really overcome. I don't know if we can ever fully forgive. I kind of feel like those are things we have to live with and find a way to work around to make ourselves and our lives
0: whole. So is, is acceptance and forgiveness, are those two different things?
2: Yes. yes. And I definitely yeah. feel like you can have um, forgiveness without integration. And that would mean to me that you maybe haven't found acceptance yet. And, but that's the first step. You know, I, I think that forgiveness is a step in the acceptance journey Um, but if I hate the word, but, and we still maybe have a little bit further to go if we actually want to find acceptance, um, with things. And I don't, I don't even think we have to accept everything that happens to us. Um, like, I don't know, something that was being said just earlier was like, ah, you know how we do live with it. And when, as we live with it and we talk about it that reframing naturally begins to happen. You know, I've unfortunately been in the court system and gone through a lot of trauma in that way. And by, and honestly, like I used to always be like, and if I was a white man, this would never have happened. You know, but like it did, you know, it did happen. And so do I still like let it it be a blemish, you know or do I like lean into that piece of my journey and share my perception of it and then use it as encouragement for not only, like I remind myself all the time, like you were almost homeless, you were literally in jail and now look at what you're doing, you know, like, oh my gosh, you were pressed up against the wall, back up against to it, fire under your ass. And you stood up and you got that fire put out, dude. It's like, these are, this is actually your redemption story. like, if you Isn't ever- that
0: acceptance though?
2: Eventually, (laughs) I don't even know if it's, I don't, I don't, I haven't like, I don't, I'm not, acceptance to me is like, I don't know. It's such a, for some reason, I feel like it has this connotation with being like happy with what happened. And I'm super not happy with what happened, (laughs) you know?
0: (laughs) it's so interesting because I say this all the time and we go through this in training, but we all define different words completely differently as individuals, it's, and we will be saying exactly the same thing, but I believe acceptance is what you believe forgiveness is. The way that I define acceptance is the first step. I, The way that I've always viewed forgiveness is, it's okay that you did what you did. And there are some things I believe are not forgivable. And I, I'm a yogi and I say that out loud. I believe there are things that people do in this world that are not forgivable, period. I believe cutting my brother into pieces. That's one of them. What I do and can do is accept that that human being had such a large story because there is no possible way you could do that without having your own deep trauma. So, I can accept the situation as it is. And I can accept that there is a true story back there. I'm not quite to compassion. I'm not sure if I will be in this lifetime. I try for that though, because I do think that's possible as well. I'm not, I'll not, I'll say, I won't say never, but I don't feel I'm ever going to be able to forgive that particular act. Um But I do, I think we all define it so differently because you and I could essentially, it's essentially the same thing. We're just flip-flopping our words. You know what I mean? But you said something and that's why I said to you, but isn't that acceptance? You said, but then we keep integrating it into our lives. Isn't that accepting it? I mean, didn't you get to a point of courage where you said, okay, I was here. You said this, I was here, my back against the wall. Now look where I am. You not only, accepted that situation, you ran with it in a space of courage because there are a lot of people for all of us. I know all of your stories, for everybody here where you could have been down and stayed down. It would have been easy to stay down, but that's not what you did. So I don't know, maybe the word for you is an acceptance and But that same integration, yeah, that's courage. It it takes courage to even say, after something like that, to say, I'm going to get up tomorrow. Truly. To have whatever happened to you, suicidal thoughts, sexual abuse, huge loss of a parent, a sibling, et cetera, to wake up the next day and have the courage to say, I'm going to get out of bed today. That's huge. And some days that's enough. Who feels a little bit grateful for what you've been through? I'm going to let the silence sit guess I, truly, are we working, are we working on the gratitude <laughs> or are you feeling it already? Kale? you swam. <laughs> um,
4: I do feel grateful in a way for what I've been through because I think it, opened up my eyes to a part of I guess a way of being that I wouldn't have otherwise understood and just for context um, I lost my mom seven years ago and she was a lot of things to me she was my best friend my mentor my counselor we were really very close um and I felt when she died that I had become a part of this separate group of people who had been really closely touched by death and before all of that happened death felt like a really abstract far-off concept it was something that was gonna happen sure eventually like yeah we all die and then You brush it off when you continue the conversation about something else but no like it shook me in a way and it completely changed the way that I look at the world and what I value um and I find that I have I would consider myself a very patient person but um for some things, I just won't put up with them anymore. <laughs> um, that's good. There's not enough time. <laughs>
0: it's true. <laughs>
4: um, so I wouldn't go so far as to say that my mom's death happened for a reason, because I think that implies that her death was only to teach me a lesson or something. And I don't right. think that's right but um, I am grateful for how eye-opening it is because when you find those people who have lost someone, it's like you immediately recognize that in that person. You're like, oh, you have been through this and um, I know that you see the world differently now. Um, yeah. It's like a, a cool club, although <laughs> one that you're not super psyched about becoming a part of initially.
0: It's true. I always used to say that I would say it's like getting a membership card for the worst club ever. (laughs) Yes. But now you're in the club. No, it's true. I think, I, I think specific traumas do that too. I think you, we feel energetically if there's sexual abuse, you feel that familiar energy in someone else. And you know, that you're safer that it's like-minded that you're I don't know that you're in better more intuitive hands because there is this underlying understanding that there's insight um yeah I remember saying that it was so weird when we lost my stepdad and then uh we lost my stepdad in 2000 and my brother honest to god you guys I don't even know the year but I'll hold dates like that in my head but I I, it became this sort of weird thing where so many people showing up in my room Uh, when I was teaching where people that have lost people, I get people coming in saying I lost my dad two days ago, I lost my sister a week ago, it really, it was very interesting to pay attention to, it's a real thing, energy is a real thing, and it radiates from you and good or bad. It it radiates from you, and I the, the way I see it is, if it's going to radiate, you might as well allow it to do so and touch people in the best ways, because then at least that energy can feel familiar to them and they feel safer as well. Um, our swimmer was going to jump in a while back. You coming back? <laughs>
1: Um, No, I was just going to say that that question about do I feel gratitude for my trauma was and is kind of hard for me to answer right now because I feel like I'm still working through it. And I have gratitude that I am at a place where I'm working through it um, and that I feel confident in myself to get through it. I also feel like I'm never going to be completely through it. um, And I'm at peace with that. Yeah, I'm
3: just absolutely. proud that I'm making growth. So I have gratitude for, sure. for that. I, I do have a sense of gratitude for some of the things that I've been through. And as I had stated earlier, the traumas that I have experienced are kind of like, and I know a lot of people experience this where it's your your thing, it's clearly your particular lesson that you came into this incarnation to figure out because you experience it over and over, whether that's just because you're psychologically, you know, um, drawn to that because of past experiences or if because it is something that your, you know, your soul is actually working on. But for me, uh, the, the most recent trauma that I experienced did finally wake me up into this whole cycle of things that I have experienced and I think that had that not happened yeah I was I have been but I'm so um the issue that I work so much on is being identified with shame and not just experiencing shame but being identified with shame just like literally as my personhood and trying to you know get beyond that. And I think that this last trauma that I experienced it just because of the nature of it, because I knew that other people were being harmed and I could not, I could not be silent anymore. And it really forced me to take this step that I really don't think that that's going to ever happen to me again, because after speaking out, it, I was speaking out to that particular abuser, but in a way I was speaking out to people who had abused me in the past too. It really didn't, it was just that I was speaking out. And so from that perspective, I do feel grateful for that, that part of it.
2: Yeah. I was thinking as well, I might feel a little gratitude in the sense that as an empath, I feel like every time, and I think like agnostic, that word breaks down to like experiential, like you believe in experience, like a spiritual experience type thing. And so like the agnostic, I think literally just as an empath, I think gives me this ability to connect with so many more people. So like, I honestly hate that this stuff happened to me. I don't want it to happen. I never want it to happen. I wish it never did. And I wish it, that I would never run into something like this again. And because of all of this terrible shit that's happened to me in my life, when people are going through terrible moments, I can be a safe space. Yeah without judgment, without shaming, allowing them to move through it with me for I have moved through it once before. Yeah, yes.
1: It's like being seen. Um, And it's just such a beautiful experience to be seen, Um, especially when you may not always feel that way. So I'm just super grateful for this space and this energy as well. Um, Yoga literally saves lives and you create just the most loving space. Um, Every person that I've met that has been through your training is like, has this energy of love no matter what they've been through. And I just think that the more that we can find the courage to explore our own traumas um, so that we can help others, Maybe we can, you know, get other people around us to heal as well, and make yeah. the world what we want it to be. So people don't have to keep going through shit. Yes, <laughs>
0: that's the hope, right? That's the plan. Um, oh, you guys are amazing. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm so grateful, and I, again, I, I started this because I feel like it's really important for us, for everyone that hears it, for uh, each other. I think we need to just have each other always. I think it's the sweetest thing. Um, What else? Anything else, you guys?
3: I just wanna follow up on um, what was just said about just being very, very grateful to be in this space tonight. This is timely for me. And I just so appreciate being a part of this forum and completely agree with the impact that you have and bring to the world. And I'm just very grateful.
0: Thank you. I'm grateful as well, though. I hope you guys know that, that I'm equally grateful. (laughs) It's for me too. (laughs) I mean, not in a big, selfish way, but a little bit, a little bit. (laughs) I love you guys so much. Um, Anything else anybody wants to share or say? All right. We're gonna do this uh, every other month. I invite so many people. And again, whenever you can come, please come. I just feel like it's really good to be able to bounce shit off each other. Um, This is an interesting week and I needed to be here as well. And I'm super appreciative. So Shanti, Shanti, I love you guys.
4: Thanks so much everyone. Thank you everyone, thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: If you are a 500-hour teacher and you are just craving that, Sangha, the community of teacher training, as well as the depth for more knowledge. Our 750-hour program begins October 1st. Uh, we get into the Upanishads, as well as really hashing out the Yoga Sutras, stronger, stronger Uh, practices, advanced sequencing, as well as uh, if you are interested in Ashtanga, covering the counts and learning the counts to teach Ashtanga Primary Series. Again, this begins October 1st. This is located in Chicago. All programs can be done virtually. You can apply at hilltopyoga.com.